Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast with Josh Shaw, myself, Ryan Buckeye. I was telling Josh before he came on the air that uh, he had recently just done a podcast, uh, more of an upscale podcast compared to this one, apparently, because the dude's not wearing, <laughs> he, he's not wearing a hat. He's he's dressed up more, and he tries to use the excuse that well, hey, Ryan, it was cold. It was Pittsburgh. It was cold. Josh, do you not respect our <laughs> podcast platform, bro? I think that our podcast is all about us in our natural state. So <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, dress up. I mean, if you would like, maybe the next few episodes, I'll think about putting on, you know, a dress shirt, throw on a bow tie, maybe a jacket. You know, we can go super formal in 2020 if that's the case. It might not be a bad idea. When I was in corporate America, I tried to get the trend of formal Friday to go, and I would show up in a suit, tie, vest. Nobody would do it with me. For, for six straight weeks, it was just me. And then, I'm, you know what? Maybe I'll do it on this podcast. Maybe, but then we can get ourselves maybe one of those uh, sponsorship opportunities with these apparel companies that seem to be taking over Instagram. Yeah, no, I think if we can get ourselves a nice uh, sponsorship with uh, one of these apparels, you know, maybe, maybe a nice stretch menswear for, for our physiques, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be uh, something we can uh, reach for, a goal we could reach for in 2020. Stretch menswear, is that like maternity wear for men? Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's like the <laughs> so similar makeup, but, uh, you know, more towards like the shoulders than the uh, belly area. We're going to talk about this for the next 30 minutes. That's what this episode, no, this episode is not about... <laughs> Uh, maternity clothing for men, more so like hacks to be successful or success hacks. And, um, you know, for, for Josh and I being entrepreneurs, staying motivated sometimes actually is, it's, it's one of the most difficult, I think, things of this whole gig is because you work out of your home for the most part, unless you're flying somewhere. Uh, I'm in this office, like literally from, you know, 9am to 5pm. It's lonely, man. It's in terms of being like an entrepreneur in our world, you don't have coworkers that you can walk to and talk to at their desk unless you Skype like we do, chat, whatever it is. So it's tough to stay motivated. Uh, it really is. And I'll be the first to admit, like this is my first full year doing this full time, and I'm I'm blessed and grateful for what I have for sure. But there are days that I definitely miss some of the elements of corporate America, mostly that personal connection with people next to me. But um, Josh, you've been doing your thing for seven years, I think now, right? It'll be going on eight years now. So you obviously have some really good hacks or tips or tricks for people out there. And these aren't just for entrepreneurs. Like this is for anybody really. And and, in our space too, um, I think that a lot of people become stagnant in what they're doing and maybe it's because they're overwhelmed or whatever it might be. So this episode is kind of speaking to, to those of you who are right now searching for a purpose or searching to figure out like, how do I get that groove back to the head, that fire back? Because there are guys that we know, Josh, who are just like lit all the time. Like they are constantly going. Uh, and that's kind of like you and I, but then we also know on the flip side of that, there are guys who once upon a time were constantly going and girls too, who are now just like, what do I do next? Yeah, as you said, I mean, this is going on the eighth year that I've been doing this. So not to say that that gives me any authority to talk about what we're talking about. But to your case, it takes a certain type of person, especially when you're working from home. And, and that's what I do primar- primarily outside of when I'm traveling to clients, as, as you said, um, to stay kind of like self-motivated. Because I think a lot of people glorify the idea of working from home and they don't really realize the just the st- kind of the struggles, I guess, with 
putting together a schedule that isn't based around a nine to five mm -hmm. that you traditionally go in and you check in and you have a certain period in the morning where you, you're kind of around the water cooler, you're checking in with people that you like in your office, then the middays, kind of the lunch time, and then you, you know, you kind of lull down at the end of the day. But it's like there's this kind of schedule that goes with it. And I think people get into that and, and they are successful with that. And then we on the flip side, we're kind of completely um, an open book. We have really nothing to work with. We right. have to basically set our days up in a certain way to be successful. And that's what we're going to be hopefully kind of talking about here. And I thought that this topic would be great because we are at the end of 2019. We're going to be heading into 2020. A lot of people are thinking about goal setting yeah. or if they don't think about goal setting, this hopefully will give them a little bit of motivation to do that because it has been something that I've done for I can't remember how many years at this point. It's probably the last decade I've been doing it where I specifically sit down, you know, the week or so before the end of the year. And I really kind of set my next year's goals and how I do it is I break them down into three categories and I, and I only have five kind of goals in each one of those categories. So I have professional, you know, top five yeah. that I want to accomplish in 2020. Then I have kind of personal top five. And those ones are usually a lot tougher for me because I do tend to focus a lot of my time uh, professionally. Yeah. And then there's usually a section that's kind of my um, learn something new type of thing or, or experience something new, get out of, out of your comfort zone. So mm -hmm. like I try to think up some different things that I've never done that I've always wanted to do. And I make sure I could try to check those off the box. But do you do any specific like yearly goal setting in that way or is there maybe something that you've done that's been successful? For me in the past, because this is my first year of doing this, this would be my, my, actually my first year of actually doing some goal setting. Like I knew I needed to hit a number in my head to be able to walk away from a steady paycheck. And you and I have had this conversation over text messages and whatever. Um, this year will be one of those first years where I sit and I actually put, and I mean, and I'll do professional goals in terms of what I want to do for revenue next year. What, what, where do we want to be and, and things of those nature. So this will be the first year that I get to do it professionally for my business. But I've always done it professionally in terms of where I was in corporate America. Like I was never satisfied just being, another rep or another person or another body inside that building. Like I want, I've always tried, and this is why we're entrepreneurs. Like we're always striving to be that C-suite level executive type of a person. That's the mentality that we have. Um, but you can't get there to your point without setting goals. Like you can't uh, say you walked into target tomorrow, Josh, and you wanted to be the CEO. It's going to take you some time to be the CEO of target. Even though you're brilliant and you're a smart man, don't let that get to your head. It's going to take you time to get to that, to get to that level. So, um, but I think it's a good practice that we set goals in anything that we do, whether it's professional, personal. And I think a common mistake, a lot of people, a lot of people make goals, but then they fail to make a plan to achieve those goals. So like you've heard the term um, uh, smart goals before, right? Yeah. You, you need them specific. They need to be measurable. Um, the A is what again? Uh, attainable. 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 R is like realistic, I believe. Or, or no, there's another one for it. Um, what's the R? T is like a time frame. R is whatever it might be. But anyway, so you, you obviously have a plan of attack. So if you want to be the president of the United States, that's a cute goal. But like, what's your plan to get there? And I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. And so I like, you know, this board behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, um, this whiteboard, I made a per point to go out and get one off of Amazon to A, keep my ass on track, but B, so I can literally put these goals down that Josh and I are talking about for next year. So every day I walk into my office, I see that goal. And if I have not accomplished that goal yet, I know I still have a lot of work to do. Um, I do want to touch on something real quick that you mentioned. 
that is it may not may or may not pertain to this episode, but you mentioned like people have this structure in their life, the nine to five. They know they go into the work, they they you know go to the coffee and they get coffee, then they have a snack or lunch or whatever it might be. Like they have structure throughout their day for the majority of their life. Like if you go into the workforce at the age of twenty two, say you do a four year degree, twenty three, and you're working until sixty five, that's forty three years or whatever it is in the workforce, you become accustomed to routine and accustomed to schedule. There's no wonder why people have a very hard time and they struggle with retirement. Because when you retire and you walk away from that, your structure is gone. Now you yeah. need to develop your own structure. Now you need to be Josh and I and develop your days. The reason why Josh and I fail in retirement is because we always need to be doing something. That's why we're in what we're yeah. doing, right? So like we don't have structure to our days, but if it comes to the point for us to like, hey, I want to put my feet up and retire, I think we would be good for maybe two weeks and then we'd be like, what the fuck are we doing next? Like that's, yeah. so I, I think like retirement's like a no win situation for the most yeah. part, you know, for, for a lot of people. Anyway, that, I mean, we could do a whole episode on that, but, um, long winded response to that. Yes, I do goal settings. And, um, you mentioned something cool, like things that make you uncomfortable. And I think that's super important. And I was told one time we had a speaker come in at an event and it's like, do something every day that makes you feel uncomfortable. And I've never, I haven't done that every single day, but I think that advice is super cool because if you become comfortable with the uncomfortable or whatever the word that, right? Like that means you're, you're, you're evolving, you're progressing as either a person, a professional or whatever you might do. So I'm curious, man, like what were, what were your, what were some of the things you put on your list last year then for the step outside of your comfort zone that you accomplished this year? Um, I think one specifically was around, um, YouTube specifically, I think around, mm -hmm. this was kind of the time when I was, um, I think I spent four or five years before I even started doing YouTube. It was, um, something for me that it was extremely outside of my comfort zone. If you, anybody knows me personally knows that I'm, I'm very much an introvert. I'm very much not, you know, in front of the camera and me, me, me and, and wanting the attention. But, um, I had realized that I needed to do it and, and I ended up, you know, kind of really full force going into it and, and doing it. Uh, but sometimes it's also just like small things. Like even if I, you know, hadn't shot a gun before and it's like, Oh, you know, I want to experience what that's like. One year I had, you know, jumping out of an airplane was like, I just always was like, you know what, let's try something crazy like that. Um, it's just kind of in a way that's kind of my bucket list, mm -hmm. um, thing where it kind of takes me out of my day to day routine and force myself to either be scared or, um, think differently or put myself in a position that I could fail because what I do a lot of times in my day to day, I'm, I'm extremely confident in what I do. Right. And a lot of times I don't have all that much fear of failing, um, at a sense of like, to, the, I guess, to the point of, of fearing that I'm going to have to like completely pick up the pieces. I feel like I'm right. always able to, um, you know, catch myself before I fall completely. So this kind of puts me in a position where then I'm doing something that I know nothing about. I'm not confident at all about it. And it just kind of puts me in this position where I'm like, you, you end up learning something about yourself mm -hmm. through either, you know, hilariously being bad at it or, um, you know, ending up doing something differently that, uh, is kind of completely new to you. I remember your first YouTube video. And like how far you've come since then. And, and I'm the type of guy who is like, I like the camera. Like, I love that shit. Give me lights, camera, action. That's who I am. You were never that guy. Um, and it was, it's, it's not, it's not to say that your first video was bad by any means at all, but like from where you are from then to now, you're like, you're comfortable. I mean, you literally stepped on stage twice now at Supply Side West in front of a group of people. Um, you know, and that's a big, big venue too. It's, I mean, not that you said you're an introvert, 
you know, typically extroverts do really well on stage. Introverts are kind of like, whatever. I've seen your presentation and, and it's phenomenal. So like, it's amazing how you progress, but because you made goals and you made these, um, you know, what you wanted to strive for to do. And now you become more comfortable around groups of people. And, um, what I think is super interesting in terms of like, we're talking success, success hacks here is Josh and I have a very different dynamic with our businesses. First off, like we are, um, driven because this is what puts food on our table. So, and, uh, you know, Josh obviously provides for him and, and others and me as well. So like, that's number one, like you can be intrinsically motivated, but you need to be motivated by like the fear of failure because there are people who rely and count on us. So that's, that's huge. But what I think is super interesting dynamic between the two of us is you necessarily, not to say that you don't, but your competition you kind of own this space, man. Like you are the consultant within sports nutrition, but you don't just consult within this field. Like you do whole foods and all this other kind of stuff. But, um, so a lot of people will have like that competitive pressure, which motivates them and to be successful. Like for me, I mean, I obviously have competitors. I get along with them very well, but I'm still motivated by them. If I see them do something that I'm not doing, I'm just like, okay, well, I gotta go. I, I don't want to fall behind the times. Like I want to be number one. I have that killer mindset. Um, do you follow are people that you follow that are sort of similar competitors or like how do you stay driven in that aspect because it, for for me and being in this space it's like it's either josh shaw or no one or you hire somebody who's not in this that's familiar with this space i think specifically around you know our industry if we're talking supplements or sports nutrition i wouldn't say there's somebody that i look to as kind of inspiration when i decided to do this seven years ago there was many years of like educating my clients or, or potential clients on what exactly I, even I do. They, that wasn't even something really that the supplement industry had much experience in. Uh, but I look outside of, of the industry a lot around more of like retail consultants or uh, bigger consumer packaged goods, um, you know, leading voices and, and things that I see them speaking at, you know, massive stages, or I see them putting out, you know, these research papers and, and things that get picked up by, you know, a CNBC or a mm -hmm. Bloomberg news or like, they get to that level where like their influence is to such a point where, you know, mass media and everything is looking to them as the expert, which I'm not at that point. I mean, industry um, news and, and things of that nature, I am constantly kind of involved in those types of pieces. But, you know, I'm not getting CNBC or anything calling me up asking for my opinion yet. on certain things. So until I yet. get to that. But yet, yet. I mean, you know, but that's always kind of a, a goal in terms of the personal brand aspect of, of my life. But these Goals are a lot of the like these yearly things always kind of go towards a, a longer uh, track of goals um, that I've established in terms of where I think my life is going to be in five years or 10 years. And, and I always kind of keep that as a little bit of a North Star where, you know, I ask myself questions constantly. Am I saying yes to this? And this, is this going to actually help me get to that goal or is this just noise or, or detour that's going to not get me to that ultimate right. you know life goal? So there's the yearly goals that I kind of mentioned before, but then there's also how does that match up into maybe a five-year goal or a 10-year goal or, or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what I'm doing today doesn't necessarily um, make sense if you look at it from a 12-month perspective, but right. it will from a five-year or 10-year type of a thing. I think what's interesting, I mean, we talk about like being intrinsically motivated and being self-motivated. For us, it's easy to talk about it because we are. Uh, but not everybody is wired this way. And for, for me, like I struggled coming into this episode thinking like, what advice do I give somebody who's not intrinsically motivated because they're typically motivated by money or status or whatever it might be. And that's, that, that's tough because the money is not always going to be there. The status is not always going to be there. And if you don't lack 
the intrinsic motivation, like it is going to be very tough and you're going to become deflated real quick on things. Um, I've, I've worked with plenty of these people and I'm sure you have too. And I've always sat back and I, I kind of thought like, how, how is somebody that way? Like, how do you become to the point where like, you don't want to strive for more for me? It's like, it's not the fear of failure that drives me that, that doesn't scare me at all. It's, I want to be the best. Like it's that competitive mindset that you have that keeps me going. And yeah, I have days where I, where I, where I don't feel like doing shit and I sit back and I probably accomplish a 10th of what I wanted to that day. That's normal. You're going to have that. It's when you string along days and weeks of doing that. Now you're in trouble. Um, so it's okay to have one of those days every now and then, um, continuous learning, I think is super important to be successful. And you and I both have graduate degrees, but it doesn't stop there. Like just because you have that piece of paper doesn't mean we're done. Like I, you do a much better job at this than I do. And I need to make more time for reading. I had said earlier this year that I'm going to read a book a month. Like that, that's a very small goal. I haven't read a single book all year, Josh, not one book. Um, because I've been so wrapped up in what I'm doing with this business, but it's one of those things that's like this year that's going back on the list and I'm going to make sure that I do it. And there's a lot of good from these autobiographies and whatever. Like we talked about Phil Knight's book a couple episodes ago, right? Like I learned a ton from reading that book, from that memoir. Uh, I would imagine you are somebody, obviously you're reading headlines and you're reading CNBC and you're reading all these things and you're reading financials, but are you reading like leisurely books to try to like advance your skill set? I'd say early on in my career, I read a ton of books. Um, that has kind of progressively changed in terms of just my schedule um, and also my attention span. I think that I still do probably as much, if not a lot more reading than I used to do years ago, uh, but it's in probably different formats. It's more um, you know, articles. It's more of consuming even video content. It's a variety of different mediums in terms of how I do it. But it's always continuous learning. I, I tend to not do much, um, I guess, reading or, or I don't I don't read fiction books. I don't I, like I'm, I'm not into the um, uh, Harry Potter thing. I don't know any about. That <laughs> I was going to say you, like, you you pin me as a Harry Potter, bro. But. Yeah, like I don't I've never read one of those books in my life. Me I've either. never read, you know, any type of fiction books. I'm very much focused on learning, uh, getting myself better professionally through whatever uh thing that I'm reading. So, you know, if, if, if I'm looking at my phone at, at 11 o'clock at night, it's probably because I'm reading like some nuanced piece of business news. Uh, it's not because I, you know, I'm reading something about, uh, you know, the MBA or something. So I just have always had that in my mind. Um, but you kind of brought up this point and I think that maybe this episode, we are going to struggle a little bit because of the way that we're motivated over other people. But mm -hmm. I think that I always go back to this idea of first that we work in something that we're passionate about. Yeah. Uh, we have been lucky enough to um, pick something and, and be able to make a living in, in something that we actually love to do. You know, there's this idea of like enjoying the process because there's no there's no reward or no goal, ultimate goal that's ever going to be really enough. You're mm -hmm. going to reach it, and it's going to become a false summit in a sense because you're going to realize, oh, there's something bigger that I can grab now. There's something yeah. whatever. So you have to understand that the reward, the prize, is actually the the process to get there. It's yeah. the learning. It's the it's the grinding. It's it's the sacrifices. It's everything like that. And I think that that's where people need to kind of flip their head. Is that you know if you make a million bucks, odds are you're going to want two or ten mm -hmm. or a hundred or a billion. You know what I mean? You get that Ferrari. You probably want a Lamborghini. You probably, you know, there's never this point where you're gonna look at this 
you know, item or look at this monetary value and you're going to go, I'm good. I can relax. I'm chill uh, because you're just going to realize that that's not going to fulfill you in your life. So we're struggling probably to uh, talk to some of the people because we look at goals in a, in a much different way. We look at a reward in a much different way. We look at the process, the the, the journey, the mm -hmm. sacrifices, which I think is something that you are experiencing definitely this this first year is that you know you work way more than you, you've ever worked before in your life. Right. You miss so many things in uh, in your personal life and, and different things like that because people uh, will look at you weird because you're working so so hard. But that's part of the fun of this all is because yeah. Uh, if you were not working hard and you weren't, you know, having to make sacrifices, would any of the successes you've had be all that, um, you know, great or rewarding at the end of the day? No, I mean you're absolutely right. Like we we have the luxury of working in a space that we are passionate about. How many people in your life, Josh, do you know hate their fucking jobs? I'm yeah. sure you right. I mean, you and I are in and out of airports quite often, and it's 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 if you were flying anytime soon, do this. Go to a restaurant order whatever you're going to order, and just listen to conversation. There are people around you that are in corporate America who are prepping for presentations or whatever they have that weekend, or they hate their lives. They hate their jobs. Um, and, and it's going to happen. Like I have, I can honestly say like I've never really had a job that I hated per se, which I, I can't imagine. If you're one of those people who have been doing the same job for 15 years and you hated it, like, God damn. You know, like, no wonder why you're not successful because you don't, you don't love it. But um, for me, like you, you hear those people. Like, remember the 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 saying, like C's get degrees. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if you were one of those people that would say that, chances are you probably you're not going to strive for success, or you might at some point. But like, if that's your mindset and you're just okay with that, that's fine. Like, the world is it only has X amount of executive positions available and X amount of whatever. But it's funny you just brought up like once you get a million dollars and you want two. I had a really good week this week for FI. And it doesn't excite me as much as it used to. It's weird how that changes. I don't maybe I don't know if it does for you, right? Like for you and your consulting business, like the more obviously it's, it's based on your bandwidth, right? But like if you have time and you fulfill that time, like do you get excited anymore about deals and things that do you get more excited about like the financial aspect or do you get more excited about the project? I get more excited about the project. I, I tell people all the time I'm at the point now where I don't need to take work to take work. It's more around do I enjoy the project? Um, am I going to feel fulfilled with that project now? Is that going to be challenging or is this going to teach me something new or, or whatever it is? That That's way more important than whatever that monetary value is going to be for that project. It's funny too because like, yeah, I mean that's the same way with me. It's like the brands that I work with. I get more excited about the potential brands I get to work with versus like whatever that monetary investment is. And you were just down in Boca at Redcom and I'm super interested because you, you had great content around there. But someone like Aaron Singerman who has this fucking extremely fast growing company and you, you've spent time with him. You realize how competitive Aaron is and like his drive is insane like to match that. But for me, I'd love that we should have had Aaron on this, on this podcast and said like, Aaron, when you hit that point, then, then what's next for you? Like what do you do yeah. next? Like how do you stay motivated? And for him, I think just knowing him personal, on a personal level, it's like he wants to be the best. He obviously has said multiple times he wants to be the largest supplement company in the world. Uh, that's his goal. But if he achieves that, I'm super interested to see, like, what does he do next? Does he sell it and then start something new because he just wants to build something up from the ground up again, too? Like, it's always interesting to get, like, those people, like, even, like, a Jeff Bezos or whoever who, who's done it before. What keeps them – when you're already on top of the world, like, what keeps you motivated to stay on top? Is it, like, the fear of falling? Is it, you know – because you and I are definitely not on, on, on top of anything, really. Like, yeah. I mean, we're, we love what we do, but, like – 
have you ever looked at somebody like you look at as as inspiration or as a mentor and just think like what keeps them going and how do they keep going because i can't imagine having all the money in the world like jeff bezos being in charge of amazon he could walk away and just be good you know like he could be good he yeah. could do what he wants but he's still there he still wants to see that thing through and he's still working his ass off I can't speak, obviously, for all these entrepreneurs, but I think that when you reach a level of success, I think then you start to um, change your mindset towards more of like, what is your impact in this sure. world yeah, that's overall? Good. You know, a, a great example would be somebody like Bill Gates. You mm-hmm. know, he one of the he was for the longest time the, the the richest man in the world, and then you know now that obviously he's kind of phased out of, of Microsoft and, and and all that kind of thing, where he now has devoted all of his time to his and his wife's foundation. And now they're working on problems that are probably more rewarding than he's ever worked on at Microsoft. And he gets to deploy his own capital, his own you know networking resources to get billions and billions and billions of dollars from other people that he knows to work on these problems. And I think that that's obviously on a very large scale, but mm-hmm. I think that entrepreneurs at any level, when they start to get to a certain success uh, level, they start to think differently about their impact, their their vision, their whys behind what they're doing. You might have been motivated by something. Uh, using like Aaron as an example, I asked him around, um, you know, his uh, interest in cars and, and things of yeah. that nature, and he said, you know, it's he's not necessarily all that much of a car guy. It's more around it's a a goal that he puts out there and says, hey, when I get to this. You know, I'm gonna be able to afford X car. That's my, you know, tier that I know I reached, and then I I mark a new, you know, goal, and then I go after that one. But it's kind of that uh, physical thing that he can wrap his head around and go, if I get to that point, I can buy this, and then that I know I've got to that point. Now I need to go to the next point. But I don't think that that necessarily those physical things have any real interest to. Him, it's more of just that's his way of motivating himself. It's that's his way of like dangling the carrot mm-hmm. uh, to himself in a way. Uh, but I think that when you get down to it, there's a lot more that's motivating him. That's more geared towards um, you know creating wealth for his family or yeah. you know whatever number of, of things that have nothing to do with um, you know those actual items. Mm-hmm. And that's a you know kind of a thing to transition back to like goal setting. We're talking about. Um, just reasons why, you, you know, you mentioned uh, your family. And um, I think that a lot of people definitely get more focused on goals when they start to have to um, worry about another person's livelihood, um, you know, what's attached to them. I think when both of us are single dudes or whatever, it's like you have so much more risk you could take on because you don't really worry about anything mm-hmm. because, you know, whatever, you can eat ramen noodles, it's fine. But then do you want to subject yourself to that subject others to that. Uh, yeah. Probably not. So you have to start thinking about goals in a different way or how do you structure uh, your you know, success aspirations and your, you know, your floor, your ceiling. What, what actually can you go after that's realistic that also can give benefit to uh, these other individuals? Um, so you talked about the idea of putting like visual cues, like behind you, there's the, uh, you know, you have your goals kind of put on there. Um, I know a lot of people that kind of write them down and they put them, put them somewhere or whatever in bringing this totally full circle to what I'm talking about with the family. That's kind of like seeing them every day is also a, yeah. uh, 
you know, it's you're looking straight in the eyes of your goals. You know what I mean? It's kind of bringing this to a, a different level. Um, and I don't know if anybody really takes the time to like think about that in a way that would make sense or, or motivate them. Because I know a lot of people want to do you know well by their family, but do they think about it in a sense of like goals? Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right on. Like when you have a family, it changes everything. So being single, it's like, hey, I'm doing this for me. Having a family, I'm doing this for them. Now, in my case, having a full-time employee come on uh, next year, like that's another, you know, n- another brick in that castle that I'm building. It's like now I'm responsible for his way of life, making sure that he can put food on his table, which means I need to do what I can to keep this thing going. So there's always ways you can kind of keep yourself motivated and keep going. Um, I mean, when you, when you dial it back to just like overall success and how to be successful, like that's such a tough question. Like there's no right answer on how to be successful. Like there's not one answer fits all or one size fits all <clears throat> because you have people that say, well, you need to go to college. No, you don't. You don't need to go to college because there are plenty of people out there successful that never went to college. And you need, you need to read. Well, there's probably plenty of people out there that don't read that were successful, right? So there's not – like I think you – and I don't even think you have to be passionate about what you do to be successful. Like you can just be good at something, hate whatever that something is, and be successful in terms of you know, the external point of view. Like maybe that person's successful. Maybe that person doesn't feel successful. So as, as we sit here, we have this conversation with, our, with each other. And like for those of you listening, like I can never sit here looking at this camera and talking to this microphone and say, this is how you be successful. And you have all these books out there written on like how to be successful. They're great. They're great tools and tips. But it's, it's, if you follow those to a T, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. You have to incorporate many different things in your life. Um, and you will ultimately, like you have to want to be successful. Like you have to want that. That's like the biggest thing. You have to want success. And whatever success is, like only you can define that. Success to some people is cars or money. Success to Josh, it might be, you know, going back and working with, you were with like HP once upon a time, right? When you're out of college, was no. that? Microsoft. Microsoft. So like maybe Microsoft comes back around full circle and hires you as a consultant. Like that would be like maybe that's a, a goal of yours that would make you successful. So it really depends on like what success is to you. And it's cliche to say, but like what does success mean to you? What does it look like to you? To some people, it's coming home to their wife and kid every night. That's successful, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. So um, that's why this episode is very loose. Like we kind of just talked about a lot of different things, but I guess let's, let's end it on this. Like what's your personal definition of success, Josh, for like you, Josh Shaw consultant, your family, like, do you have a definition of success for, for your empire? You know, I don't know if I have an, you know, a well-defined answer to that. I mean, it's definitely wanting and having the desire to wake up each day and, and challenge myself. And I don't necessarily put like a monetary thing. Mm-hmm. I think that I've always thought about, you know, my work day to day in the sense that, um, I think more long-term. So anything in the short term, um, I obviously need to meet my needs, like make sure that I can, you know, pay rents and and do all those types of things. But if I can, I always try to default to the long-term. I don't really think about what the short-term is going to look at. I really just focus on, I want to wake up each day inspired to do work. I want to feel like I'm challenged each day, that I'm learning new things, um, and that I you know, worked hard and, yeah. and I, and I feel that I did the best I could have done with those hours during that day. And I kind of, in a short term mindset, that's just kind of how I keep going each day is, is thinking in that term, have I done everything possible to meet those criteria? And over time that has just always resulted in a really great thing for me. And I, and then I know that, you know, I, I have never had this thing where, you know, I need to make you know, 250K or a million bucks or anything. Money always just comes with the stuff that I talked about. It has nothing to do with me reaching for some 
um, you know, number like that. That's why if we've talked about like uh, vision and mission statements before on this podcast in terms of like a company and like I have one, I have it on my website and it's, and that's, that's my definition of success is that people make informed decisions uh, in their life when it comes to their fitness and nutrition. Like, and we're able to help with that because if they're utilizing our platform to make those informed decisions, then ultimately we're growing and we'll get to any sort of monetary metric that I put in place that I want as a goal. So that's where I derive my success from. Like, and I've also said, like, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 35. I've said that verbally before, as, as, but that's not like something I need to do. Like, if I yeah. was, cool. Like, okay. I mean, it's not something I need to have. And I've said that. But again, uh, for those people I've said it to, it's, it's not like a set in stone on my vision board. It's not going to be there um, at all. So. This episode was cool. It's like it just kind of, I mean, again, very loose based episode, but I hope people listening to this or watching this can can take some stuff away from it and like really just not sort of reevaluate your professional personal life, but I would say the biggest tip from this takeaway is like do a vision board or write those goals down. Professional, personal, and I think I like what you said, Josh, and, and pick 3 to 5 things that would be new to you that you want to try in 2020, something that you've never done that can help you become better professionally or personally like jumping out of an airplane what did that do for you josh like it was fun i'm sure right like but you yeah. probably like you probably learned something about yourself when you're falling at whatever gravity speed is i can't remember you know <laughs> over some field somewhere you probably realized like hey i never want to fucking do this again this was cool but i'm done i'm never doing this again yeah no it definitely puts you know it teaches you about yourself in a different way than than you do in your day-to-day -day. And, and you take that and you apply it to different things even if you don't even realize it it's kind of like subconsciously it's it's just in the back of your mind that you've overcome some you know weird fear of yours yeah 100% if you guys like this episode hit that subscribe button on iTunes Spotify YouTube any podcast platform if you have time write us and rank us helps out the algorithm so more people can find us we're two guys one shaker cup on Facebook drop Comments on this episode, drop any ideas for future episodes. Josh and I will, will tackle it um, as we will round out 2019 um, with, with a couple more episodes after this, and then we'll start 2020 fresh slate, which is absolutely crazy. It's crazy. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.